Jordan podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. So in this episode of the podcast, we engage in something of an annual tradition here on the Experience Darden podcast. I'm joined for this conversation by my boss, Senior Assistant Dean of Admissions, Donna Clark, to talk about the brand new application for the full-time MBA program. That would be the full-time MBA class of 2025. So if you're planning to apply the full-time MBA program in the upcoming admissions cycle, this episode is essential listening. So without further ado, here's my interview with my boss, Senior Assistant Dean of Admissions, Donna Clark. Donna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Brett. It's great to be with you. It's great talking with you as well. Um, How are you doing? How's everything? I'm doing really well. I just had a series of celebrations in my family, uh, two graduations and a couple birthdays and getting ready to leave tomorrow for Maine. I'm working remotely for the summer in Maine. So a lot of, you know, positive, exciting things going on. All right. So I'm, I'm listening to everything you shared there. Uh, so you had these uh, graduation uh, celebrations. Uh, you're heading to Maine. Uh, by the way, the occasion of this conversation is the full-time MBA app launch, um, continuing to work on the class as we progress towards mid-August. There's a lot happening right now. I think people think sometimes the summer is this like everything slows down. I'm not sure that that is exactly uh, the truth uh, these I, days. I know. I totally agree with you. Um, we're really excited to welcome all of the formats in you know August across our many degree programs. But you're right. Uh, we're thrilled that we launched the application for the full-time MBA program about 10 days ago and have been publicizing that far and wide. And now that we have launched early, are already well into the recruiting cycle for the class of 2025. So um, things have not slowed down. But fortunately, I know you and I love what we're what we do. So uh, that helps a lot. (laughs) And I was just reflecting on as a team, we were having just last week, a conversation about events and plans for the the months ahead. And so that's a great thing about admissions that, you know, one cycle to another, you're always, always be recruiting, I guess, is the way uh, that we think about it. That's true. And it's like a fingerprint. No two fingerprints are alike and no two recruiting cycles are alike. And I think that's what keeps it interesting for us. Right, Brett? (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Donna, this is something of this conversation in particular is something of annual tradition. I feel like you've come on the podcast a few years in a row now to talk about the new application. Once it's launched, we, we love having you come on and sharing some insights for our applicants who are planning to apply to the full-time MBA program in the upcoming cycle. Um, And one of the things I wanted to talk about is uh, for the past uh, couple of cycles in particular, uh, but I feel like this has been one of the things that we've been able to execute upon as a team under your leadership is the early launch of the full-time MBA application. We're sitting here in early June and the application for the class that matriculates next August Uh, the full-time MBA class in 2025, is already live. Um, To you, what do you think the advantage is from an applicant standpoint um, to the earlier application launch? I'm so glad you asked that question because, you know, we know we've talked about this before. um, Applying to business school 
can be stressful. There's a lot to do. Our applicants are working full-time and in some cases studying for a standardized test, you know, thinking about their, you know, essays or resume, thinking about what school of choice um, they they are going to ultimately apply to. There's there's a lot of different components of the admissions process. And um, as you know, Brett, since you're such a vital part of our team, our team is so applicant focused and collectively we believed that it, it, it is an applicant focused move to launch the application early, knowing that it is a stressful process and launching early enables our applicants to sort of spread out the process and begin to think about maybe their responses to the short answer essays or begin to fill in some of the biographical information and just spread the process out. So the primary motivation was just to be sensitive and empathic to the journey that our applicants are on. So I'm thrilled that we launched so early and and hope that, that it is helpful to our applicant pool. Well, one of the things that's true for applicants as they approach this process is there's a lot of self-reflection and introspection and thinking about your story and what you've done and where you'd like to go and how an MBA fits into that. That's not quick work, by the way. It takes some time to kind of refine that and think about how all that maps onto the application process. So um, equally beneficial in that direction, too. I totally agree. And one of the things I know we both hear from applicants is that when they start this process, it can be a little daunting in the beginning, but when the process is over, we so frequently hear exactly what you just said, that it was an opportunity to self-reflect. It is a big investment and and probably one of the greatest gifts our applicants can give to themselves is to invest 21 months in a Darden MBA and, um, but applying takes takes some time and work and introspection, but a lot of people say that they really enjoyed the process and that some of our prompts were sort of thought provoking to them as they, you know, are navigating this process. So uh, we, I, we hope that it is as joyful uh, experience as, as as it can be. And I think our team is very accessible and willing to help in any way that we can. Well, I appreciate that note about joy, um, because that's one of the things that you talked about the last time we recorded one of these conversations is, you know, to em- embrace the process, to really celebrate the fact that you're here thinking about uh, this step, um, that 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 is it's a time for dreaming. It's a time for excitement. You should be very proud of yourself and celebrate all that you've done put you in this position. I totally agree with that. I mean, most of the applicants who apply and we have the honor of reading, you know, their stories wouldn't be applying unless they had a lot going for themselves. I mean, you know, I know you and I both love reading the applications and meeting with people. And um, it's one thing that I try to encourage people to do to, to find some joy in the process, try to not focus on how stressful it is, but try to focus on the fact that many Darden alumni tell us all the time that going to Darden was two of the best years of their life. And so for for some of you, you are about to embark on a potential journey that could be two of the best years of your life. And if you think of it that way, it makes it more exciting than stressful. So uh, hopefully these reminders will pop up occasionally in our events to to give you some words of encouragement and a, and a little energy to approach the application process. 
All right, Donna. Well, every year it feels like we try something new. We do something a little bit different. As you note, as you noted, uh, no two admission cycles are exactly the same. And I feel like in recent years, no two Darden applications uh, have been the same from year to year. There's always a little bit of a tweak, uh, whether it's a process tweak, uh, substance of the application shifts around a little bit. And again, I think I really appreciate the, the frame you used earlier around telling your story and kind of thinking about uh, what you want to want to communicate here, because so much of the application is structured in a way to facilitate that kind of sharing uh, for the student. So exactly. We ask different questions so that we can get to know various elements of an applicant's background. Exactly. All right. Well, um, Last year, we shared some new questions, and this year, we're, we're back with new short answer questions. It feels like every year, maybe we, we tweak a few things here in the short answer section, uh, the essay section of the application. Um, for you, do you have a favorite question this year? Maybe this is a, this is a tricky, uh, tricky question to answer, but I'm curious. Yeah, I would say I'm really excited about one of the essays that is really focused on inclusivity. Um, Darden is known, is very well known for having a tight-knit culture. It is such a phenomenal opportunity for students to embrace peers from all around the globe, different backgrounds, different work experience experiences. Um, oh my gosh, every day I think, you know, how lucky are we to work in an environment where we're interacting with such a diverse group of students and something for our applicants to really, you know, look forward to. But I think inclusivity is so important in our society right now more generally and is a very important value that is discussed quite a bit at Darden. So, for example, I sat in on a meeting um, with the dean's staff about a month ago and there was a survey that was done and it was quite expansive and quite sophisticated. And it was to study how different groups, the extent to which different groups at Darden feel included. And there was a very robust conversation as there was last year about what we can do as a community to help foster a sense of inclusion. Um, I mean, uh, all of us have had experiences, I'm sure, in our lives where we felt included and and maybe some have had experiences where we felt excluded and they're equally po powerful in a, both a positive and negative way. And I'm most excited about this question just because I think it gets to uh, people's empathy. Um, I attended a graduation ceremony last night and one of the messages is leading with the, uh, the your heart. I think inclusivity is one way to lead with your heart um, and to really take advantage of what surrounds you in the Darden community. Um, I asked a, a group of students recently what surprised them about the Darden experience, and there was a very robust conversation about how surprised they were by how much they learned from each other. And so I think coming into this experience with a predisposition to be inclusive, if everybody had that predisposition, imagine how powerful that would be for the Darden community. So I'm really, I'm really excited about this essay and excited to read what people have to say um, in terms of their life experiences and what they they may offer the Darden community and how they may embrace people from all around the globe. Well, as you were talking, one of the things I was thinking about is the extent to which 
these kinds of short answer questions, essays, uh, signal, it's a two-way conversation, right? The applicant is sharing about him or herself, um, but we are also signaling as a school uh, the important values, the things that are on our minds uh, that we would want the applicant to know uh, about Darden. Um, and so uh, that's something that jumped out to me as I was listening to you talk. No, absolutely. And I think Darden does such a brilliant job of cultivating so many skills, whether they're functional skills or skills related to to leadership or corporate communication. Um, but to be, learning to become a, a global leader and to foster a sense of diversity, equity, and inclusion is so important in society and business and at Darden. So I think this is gonna be a, a great essay for us to learn how our applicants are predisposed and how they prioritize this and how they go about um, you know, embracing others that may be very different from themselves. Um, and so I'm, I'm really very much looking forward to reading that that essay. Well, I know it's tough just to talk about one. We actually have a few uh, essays that candidates will respond to. And the word count, all, all pretty reasonable, probably uh, ultimately to kind of get within the word count, probably a, a couple drafts or so of, of your response and an iterative process to be sure. Uh, but one of the things that we introduced that feels like a, a few years ago is this idea of multiple short answers, multiple essays. Um, what, what do you see the value of, rather than asking one question, asking uh, a few questions here and giving applicants the opportunity uh, to respond? I think ultimately our applicants want to feel heard and understood. And in order for us to really hear them and understand them, we sort of need to ask more than one question. You know, as human beings, we're multidimensional, right? And we have different elements of our backgrounds and experiences and accomplishments and characteristics and traits that make us who we are. So the reason we ask um, multiple short answer questions is to try to get at more of those dimensions. So the primary reason we did that again is just for the applicant to feel like, wow, when I submit that application, I really had an opportunity to shine for those different dimensions to come out in the application um, process. And it, it obviously then enables our admissions committee to get to know our applicants from a variety of perspectives perspectives as well. I mean, we want, we want to get to know our applicants. And so sometimes you have to write, you know, you have to re ask penetrating um, questions about a variety of things in order for that to happen. So um, I don't know about you, Brett, I think um, I, I know you very well, and I know you love connecting with the applicants, but I, re I really find great joy in reading our applicant stories and uh, it's amazing how well you can feel like you get to know somebody in an application when it's done really well. Absolutely. And I, I do think, too, where we began this conversation, talking about the early launch of the full-time MBA application, taking a bit more time uh, with your application, thinking very intentionally about what you'd like to share, recognizing you're not going to be able to share everything about yourself in the application. So being very clear about what your priorities are, what you want to lead with, and you think about that application as an initial introduction to who you are as a candidate, um, that kind of self-reflection and introspection, kind of where we started the conversation, really important in this process, but also um, important as you approach these short answer essay questions, um, thinking about, um, again, what, what do you want to make sure uh, the admissions committee knows about you and how are 
how does each part of the application an opportunity for you to share something new and different um, to complement the other information that you shared elsewhere in the application? I totally agree with that. And I think going through that process can be a confidence booster because it can be, it can serve as a reminder of different things that you have accomplished or characteristics about yourself that you're really proud of, or maybe you have a unique upbringing, a bicultural or tricultural upbringing. Everybody is unique, but I think going through that process of self-reflection and prioritizing of, you know, everything I could possibly tell this admissions committee that is relevant to the questions that are asked, what do I most want to convey? I think, you know, taking some notes um, can be a real confidence booster because so many of our applicants have so much going for them. That's right. One of the things that we typically will share uh, with applicants as they approach the application process is just uh, open an application and just read through it. Um, see what's asked. What what do we want to know about you? And then once you have a sense of that, take a step back, take a little bit of time, get out a piece of paper or open a, a Word, Google Doc, whatever is your preferred medium, uh, and write out some of the things that you absolutely want to share across uh, this personal dimension or, of course, interested in who you are personally, academically, professionally, these kind of three key pillars of your application. I um, mean, making sure that you're sharing across all of these dimensions. I think there's a tendency for applicants to default to the academic and the professional, and maybe sometimes forget that the personal is equally of interest to us. Absolutely. And I can think of examples of essays that were really so effective that weren't necessarily something earth shattering. Um, one of the examples I've used recently is there was a woman during COVID who was an international student who was talking about the extent to which she loves to be helpful to others. And she's told the story about how helpful she was to her grandmother during COVID, who was not very technically inclined and the applicant did not want her grandmother to be isolated. And she walked through sort of the steps that she went through to be helpful to her grandmother so she wouldn't be isolated as sort of a tangible example or vignette that gave some color when she said that she she's you know just loves to serve others and be helpful so to your point that those personal stories can be so so effective and i felt like i got to know her and who wouldn't want a person in your learning team or a section that is predisposed to be so helpful to others i mean what great what great energy and karma to put out in a, a, a in the darden community well, shifting a little bit uh, from essays to recommendations. So this year, full-time MBA application process, we, we continue to only require one recommendation. Uh, candidates can submit up to two recommendations if they wish. And I wonder what you share with applicants as they think about who uh, might be a good recommender or they approach the recommendation process. Anything that you always encourage people to think about? Yeah, good question, Brett. I definitely would encourage our applicants to choose your recommender wisely. We are only requiring one letter of recommendation. And going back to the beginning of the podcast, we were talking about trying to be applicant-centric and, and be empathetic to the journey that our applicants are going through and how stressful the process has the potential to be. So um, only requiring one recommendation, I think, is an applicant-friendly move. And if an applicant chooses really widely, one recommendation should be perfectly sufficient. I always recommend that applicants choose somebody who really knows them well, um, as opposed 
to finding somebody who has the highest title, who may be far removed from the applicant, I, I would um, recommend someone from a professional or business environment with whom you have worked closely and can really advocate for you. Um, but one recommendation is sufficient, um, especially when you choose the person wisely. I'd also recommend giving that person plenty of advance notice. You know, one of the things we see are applicants who submit on time, but an, a recommender is lag lagging. So give them, him or her, plenty of time. Maybe take your recommender out to coffee to explain why you're applying to business school or why you're applying to Darden. Um, don't be shy. This is a great time to remind the person of maybe an accomplishment or characteristic that you're particularly proud of, um, maybe highlight the resume, um, some things to help jog their mem memory. Um, so you certainly don't want to write the recommendation. We know that some applicants are put in a really awkward situation and we absolutely don't um, encourage that at all. But I think prepping your recommender is a really wise move. move. Some people do ask if they should provide a second recommendation. And I only recommend doing that if you really feel that the second person offers uh, a unique perspective that's different than the first one. But one recommendation is perfectly sufficient. Yes, we oftentimes note with the recommendation, it's the one part of your application that you are not going to fill out yourself. We want to hear from someone else. That's uh, exactly than... right. So one of the things that's been true about our full-time MBA application process for the past couple cycles and continuing into the uh, new cycle here is that we have offered a test waiver request process. Um, this on the full-time MBA side is pre-application. So candidates submit test waiver requests. There's an evaluation uh, that happens and an update's provided. It is worth noting, as we oftentimes note when describing this process, this is not a miniature admissions evaluation. This is specifically focused on when you submit a test waiver request, what that committee, subcommittee is gonna be looking at is, is a test necessary uh, for you to demonstrate your, your academic readiness, so to speak. Um, and that's really the, the focus uh, of that evaluation. Um, so Donna, I know this is something uh, that you really help spearhead as we introduce this in our ap application process here for full-time MBA applicants. There's always a choice for candidates to um, test waiver request process to explore that, to well, choose to move forward with just taking a test. Um, how do you encourage candidates to, to think through which of these paths might make sense for them? Sure, thanks. I'm so glad you asked about this, Brett, because as you know, I'm wildly passionate about this um, alternative. And it was really born out of a philosophy on our team um, that not all stellar applicants are equally stellar test takers. The vast majority of our entering students still do take a test, the GMAT being the most popular, followed by the GRE. But we do also accept the executive assessment, which you're very familiar with for our professional degree formats. And we started accepting that as well two years ago, as well as the LSAT and the MCAT. As for the test waiver process, I would I would only encourage applicants to apply for that if they have built or are in the process of building significant and compelling alternative evidence 
that they can do well academically. Um, once that evidence has been built, then I would recommend applying for the waiver process. But there are different components of the waiver process. Um, and we would ideally like to see a candidate who has multiple pieces of evidence they can do well academically. And that could come from the nature of their work experience, either the, you know, the industry or the function that they're in. Maybe there's somebody who does a lot of analytical or quantitative work. The evidence could come from their undergraduate performance and the nature of the class classes that they took, or it could come from an advanced degree. Um, I'm always surprised to see how many of our applicants already have earned a master's degree, and maybe it's in a relevant area to the MBA and something that we could take into consideration. There are also a lot of certification programs out there, the CFA, the CPA. Um, Darden offers Coursera classes that many applicants take. There's HBS Online, so many certification programs. And this is why our team wanted to adopt a more progressive policy. It is 2022. There are lots of alternatives in this day and age that didn't exist 10 years ago or 15 years ago. So we want to be um, progressive and current in our policies. And it's, it's a great opportunity for people who perhaps perform really well in these other arenas, but don't tend to perform as well on standardized tests. So very, very proud of this uh, the option that our admissions committee presents for our applicants. Well, I appreciate your walking through that. And for folks who are interested in learning more about the process, how it works, the kinds of things that we're focused on, kind of building on what Donna has shared. Uh, we've got some useful posts on the Discover Darden blog. We have an FAQ uh, section of the website, uh, which we're currently brushing up a little bit, um, but that'll be forthcoming. I'm sure we'll do an event or two focused on uh, this process. A webinar is typically a popular uh, topic with prospective students, so keep an eye out if you want to learn a little bit more. Um, so Donna, uh, building on, you know, things that have kind of developed over the past uh, couple of years. It uh, feels like one of the developments that's been afoot here at the Darden School is uh, increased scholarship resources for full-time MBA candidates in particular. I feel like um, certainly in my time here, I've been at Darden for almost seven and a half years at, at this point. It just feels like there has been a growing uh, level of scholarship support deployed for, for full-time MBA students and perhaps never more scholarship resources uh, for this population than we have right now. What What's your reaction to that? What are your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I'm so glad that you mentioned this, Brett. I think it really starts at the top and our Dean Scott Beardsley was a wildly successful um, strategy consultant at McKinsey, ultimately became um, in charge of leadership development for McKinsey worldwide. Um, is a strong advocate for education, ultimately gave up his consulting job, went back and got his executive doctorate in higher ed from Penn to make a transition into education because he comes from a family of educators. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard him speak very passionately about education being the great equalizer and anywhere anyone can go from anywhere to any place with an education. And so I think having a dean who comes from a, a more humble background, um, self-financed his undergraduate engineering degree at Tufts and his MBA at Sloan, has a lot of empathy for the cost of funding an MBA, um, and has done a really great job and continues to do a great job of raising scholarship 
funding for um, our MBA students and is definitely not done with that. He's continuing to prioritize that right now in the um, $400 million capital campaign that is coming to a close soon. Um, I would encourage applicants to think about the return of investment on a Darden MBA more generally. Um, and there are there are some rankings that really illuminate the magnitude of the ROI of the Darden MBA. And also, you know, the, you, you can't win a game unless you play, and this isn't a game, but I would say apply for admission. And, and um, typically when you apply for admission, you are automatically considered for scholarships. There are very few scholarships that require a separate application. Um, but apply, you know, apply, you do not have to make a decision at the time you apply about whether you're going to attend or which school you're going to attend. But I am extremely proud of the momentum that I've seen at Darden. I've been back for five years and there's been incredible momentum around scholarship opportunities. And I feel a very palpable commitment on the part of the senior leadership of the school to continue that positive um, momentum. I know, uh, you know, our dean is is very cognizant of what it's like to take out a lot of loans. Um, he, but he's also very cognizant of just how powerful the degree is for our students and um, alumni. Um, more information about scholarship opportunities on our website. Um, we have both um, merit aid and need-based aid. Um, there's there's scholarships by region. So I would encourage people to go to our website and look at look uh, more closely at the multitude of scholarship opportunities that are available at Darden. Well, thank you for that, Donna. I know it's a lot to cover um, in a in a podcast just to talk about that because there is so much there and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned you mentioned the website as a, as a good next step for folks who really want to take a deep dive into all that's out there because there is quite a bit um, at this point um, and uh, you know as we kind of round out the conversation here I wondered if we could talk a little bit more about some just general application tips admissions advice that you typically share with candidates um, let me ask you a question that I get from prospective students a lot when I do prospect calls or I'm on coffee chats. And I'm sure you get this question too. Uh, the, the why Darden question, you know, when people ask you like why, why Darden in particular, um, what did, what do you share with them? Well, I know for me, I am so proud to represent the school that is clearly the most well-known for the quality of its educational experience as well as the quality of teaching faculty, um, as well as the utilization of the case method. Um, I am in many senior leadership meetings at Darden, and one of the things that I hear from the faculty repeatedly is the extent to which they want to have an impact on our students. And to come to a school where your faculty are really committed, not just to you know teaching their class and exiting the classroom, but to impacting your lives is just such a, a wonderful opportunity. I think all of our applicants are likely in the process of doing a lot of research about Darden and undoubtedly they are going to read repeatedly that Darden is so well known for the quality of its education and the quality of the teaching faculty. And I'm, I'm so very proud of that. That's a, those are great points. And the thing that I love um, in terms of 
what where Darden uh, sort of really distinguished itself is um, the educational experience. And I think of that word experience as such a holistic idea, right? It's inside the classroom, outside the classroom, it's students, it's faculty, it's staff, it's everybody um, together and general community that kind of shapes all of this. And so I appreciate your, your points. I wonder, um, when people think about approaching the application process, we talked on, on a lot of tips, um, things for people to think about. Is there a word of advice that you give applicants, prospective students, as they think about approaching the application process generally? Sure. I would say, first, just recognize that a lot what, a lot of the hard work is behind you as an applicant. Many people have been working towards this, even if they didn't know it at the time, for years. So, you know... An applicant may apply four years out of undergraduate school, but, you know, those those four years of undergraduate school, you know, are now, you know, eight or nine years ago. But the hard work is likely behind you. Applying is actually more of a matter of prioritizing, self-reflecting, like you mentioned earlier, Brett, and then documenting those priorities in the application process. And I think that advice hopefully can take a little bit of edge off applicants that it's not like you're starting the application process and you're starting to build that evidence. So many applicants have so much going for them. And uh, just just know that, you know, a lot of the hard work is behind me. I just need to think about what I most want to emphasize and prioritize and start articulating it both in writing and then in an interview. Um, So hopefully that helps take the edge off a little bit. And then I would say, I would probably repeat something that I said earlier of if you find that you're starting to get stressed and you're working full-time and applying to business school, try to occasionally remind yourself that you are about to embark on an experience that will change your life for the better. And, oh, and, you know, and, and will change it over time. Um, As I mentioned earlier, one of the things I hear so frequently, I heard it from a student this morning. I was on a Poets and Quants webinar with a student who just graduated from Darden and he has already said it was two year two of the best years of his life. I mean, how exciting that you as an applicant are thinking about an investment and a gift to yourself that could be, if not the best two years of your life, among the best years of your life. Um, so try to flip that, you know, and say, I'm feeling stressed, but this this is, you know, for good reason and um, just try to find the joy in the process and celebrate your many accomplishments that you're you're thinking about and articulating in the admissions process. I love that advice, you know, trying to take the stress out of this process, how to do it. I always encourage kids just to think about the small steps that go into this, right? Sometimes when you think about something as a really big thing, like getting an MBA, going to business school, all, cap, all caps, it starts to sound, sound really stressful uh, to people. And gosh, can I even do that? But if you break it down to like a lot of small steps along the way, like open an application, gather my transcripts, you know, find a recommender, just this incremental step, all these things largely within your control. I think, you know, you can feel like, all right, I'm just taking one step at a time. And at some point I'm going to press submit and then see, see what happens. Um, so I, 
wonder if Donna, if you have a if we have a final word for our listeners. I'm sure we've got a lot of people tuning in who are planning to apply uh, in this cycle, maybe targeting early action round one, starting to get organized for that. I wonder what you would encourage them uh, to think about. Yeah, I would encourage people to, um, in addition to researching Darden, spend some time getting lost on the UVA website and spend some time researching Charlottesville because part of your experience holistically is, of course, choosing the right business school is the primary focus, but you are, as a Darden student, also a University of Virginia student, and you are a citizen of Charlottesville. And there are nine professional schools at UVA. There is so much to take advantage of at UVA. The Miller Center um, studies U.S. presidencies, amazing speakers, the Virginia Festival of the Film, the Book Festival, Um, The Center for Contemplative Science offers free yoga classes. I mean, there's just so much to take advantage of at UVA. So I would encourage in terms of finding some joy, just, you know, on a rainy afternoon, just get lost on the UVA website and find some things that you think you might want to take advantage of as a UVA student. And then um, having lived in Charlottesville twice for almost 20 years, I love the area. Um, Rand McNally rated it the number one foodie town. The restaurant scene is incredible here. And there are a lot of affordable restaurants because it is centered around a, you know, a college town. There's, there's hiking, there's a robust music scene, there's over 40 vineyards. So um, I would say, you know, try to look at the experience as not just being a Darden student, but being a citizen of Charlottesville and a a student, being a UVA student as well. That's great advice. I always, when people ask me for restaurant recommendations in Charlottesville, I'm always like, how much time do you have? Uh, You know, how many days are you going to be there? Well, what, do you have a favorite restaurant? I mean, if I can, if if you really had to choose. Man, way too many. I've been in a real heavy taco phase recently. So uh, every time I find myself back in Charlottesville, I try to make my way to Brazos Tacos. Oh, yeah, I like Brazos too. My, my favorite is um, Continental Divide, has been here for a long time. Love that there's no sign outside of Continent, Continental Divide. There is a neon sign that says, get in here. And um, I order the Santa Fe enchilada and the Red Hot Blues every time. And a margarita. <laughs> All right. Well, you can't go wrong with that order, I don't think. And does it come with a pumpkin muffin? It does, Brett. I think we're going to have to go. All right. Um, you know, early fall. Next time I'm in Charlottesville. Well, Donna. That sounds good. So great talking with you as always. I so enjoy this conversation. It's an annual tradition for us here on the podcast. So thank you for, for coming on, for talking about the new application uh, with our listeners. And uh, to our listeners, uh, good luck. Hopefully you're planning to apply full-time MBA program in the, in the coming year. Any, any last words here, Donna? Just thank you so much, Brett, for hosting me and just good luck to all of our applicants and, you know, reach out if we can be helpful to you in any way. And like I said, have find, find joy in the process. It's an exciting chapter for you all. And that was my interview with Donna Clark, Senior Assistant Dean of Admissions here at the DART School of Business. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.